You are tuned to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The following program is a rebroadcast of Salvation is from the Jews with Roy Showman. Hi, this is Roy Showman, and welcome once again to Salvation is from the Jews, the show on Radio Maria that celebrates the Jewish roots of the Catholic faith, or seen the other way around, that celebrates the completion, the fulfillment, the full realization of all of the promise of Judaism in the Catholic Church and its sacraments. If you've been with us for some time, you know that one of um, our favorite things to do on the show is to have on um, other, usually Jews, but not necessarily Jews, who have uh, very gratefully found themselves in the Catholic Church, having started their lives elsewhere, uh, in order to reflect somewhat on just what an infinite gift Uh, First of all, Jesus, and second of all, the Catholic Church is for all of us who are so blessed as to be able to participate in the Church and to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I'm very grateful that today, once again, we have uh, such a guest who I will introduce in a moment. Before I do so, let me just uh, remind our listeners that if you have missed any recent shows or would like to hear a recent show again. They are archived both on the Radio Maria website, which is www.radiomaria, all one word, dot us, and also on my website, which is salvationisfromthejews.com. So, without uh, taking any more time, let me uh, let me just begin with the guest that I feel privileged to have on today. Are you there, Harsha? Yes, I am. Yes. Great. Um, well, first of all, maybe as a way of background, oh, um, uh, uh, I will perhaps do a little bit of introduction, which is I had the pleasure of meeting Harsha in person a month or two ago when I was uh, on a speaking trip to Australia a number of years ago. I had received an email from him uh, out of the blue and uh, a very kind and warm email. Uh, he had obviously been exposed to, to some of my work, and I will, and perhaps he'll, he'll mention that a little bit. And uh, he kind of said, let me know. I don't know, remember actually, if he said, let me know if you're ever in Perth, Australia, or if I just noticed that, that he was writing from Perth, Australia. At the time, it seemed extremely unlikely that I should ever find myself there because it's very literally the other side of the globe, almost exactly the opposite side of the globe from where I was living at the time in New England. Uh, somebody told me that if one were to drill a hole through the earth in Perth, Australia, it would emerge in New England. But uh, a number of years later, I did find myself speaking there, and I sent, uh, sent Harsha an email, and we had a very uh, rewarding uh, meeting, and I had the great pleasure at the time of hearing his witness testimony, which which was very moving to me and also uh, resonated with some themes from my own experience that uh, Jesus used to bring me to him. So I guess that's by way of that uh, introduction. We are joined today by Harsha uh, by telephone hookup from Perth, Australia. And maybe a, a good place to begin would be if you just uh, reminded me and let, uh, and also our listeners of how how the initial contact uh, came about. Yeah, sure. So basically, what happened was when I was actually baptized a Catholic, I um, I was in search of 
a good um, good explanations of the Catholic faith, uh, good sources of exp- explanations of the Catholic faith, and and I came across Roy's website and and I thought to email uh, Roy regarding the questions that I had regarding the Catholic faith because I was just a new newly baptized into the church. And um, so yeah, I sent out the email, and then that's how we um, uh, got in contact. And then I think it was that that was in 2006, I think, and and it was only in this year that um, that um, he uh, we had a communication again, and uh, yeah, we met in Australia uh, when he came to give the talks in Perth. Well, um, you just introduced this idea that you were probably baptized relatively recently. Uh, when when were you in fact baptized? I was actually baptized in 2004, December 4th. And uh, prior to your baptism, I guess there's no way to avoid just launching in. But if you could tell us uh, what you were prior to your baptism, how you had grown up, and so forth. Yeah, sure. I was actually born as a Buddhist, and. Uh, that was my religion uh, as I was growing up. Um, I was. Now you're from an Indian was, family. Uh, your family uh, from, from Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. From Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was from Sri Lanka. I came here when I was nine years old. Uh, I was uh, brought up as a Buddhist, as I said, and uh, got a father, mother, younger brother. I'm the oldest in the family, and. Both of my parents are still Buddhist, and my younger brother, he's uh, not actually sure exactly what religion he belongs to at the moment, but he's not a Catholic, nor Christian. Basically, my journey into the faith began, you can probably say when I was in Sri Lanka, where I had my first experience with with the divine... um, reality, probably at, at the age of three years of age, where I remember going to the front porch of my grandmother's house and just looking into the trees and looking into the clouds and seeing almost like another reality, even though I was looking into trees and looking into clouds. Um, I was actually asking a question within myself, uh, asking myself, saying, where did all this come from? Where did all these trees come from? Where did all these clouds come from? I was in awe and wonder, and I was, that was a really a specific moment where I recall, I think it was yesterday, where I could actually ask, I can see myself asking that question at three years of age, where did all this come from? So that was the beginning of like my any interaction of like even asking a question regarding uh, any type of religion. It began at, at the age of three. Uh, then what happened after that was I pretty much just went on with my life as a young child in Sri Lanka, and I lived there until I was. Nine years of age. Let me, I, I hate to interrupt you, but um, I just want to get get it clear. So when you were looking at the the sky and the trees, and you asked yourself this question, it's as though you saw past the physical world to some divine reality. Just 
you you had. Yeah, it was almost yeah. It's, it's almost like in my spirit, I had an awareness in my spirit that um, that it's almost like another reality existed apart from the physical reality that I was exposed to. So it's almost like I had a sense of this spiritual reality that existed. Okay. And yeah. and the physical reality was was produced by it and was sort of a manifestation of a deeper spiritual reality. That's correct. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry to interrupt. So um, yeah, so as I was saying, at nine years of age, I came to uh, came to Australia. Uh, the reason behind that is because uh, my the the country that I was living in, Sri Lanka, was a very uh, I guess at that particular time there was a lot of political issues going on, and it wasn't really a safe country to uh, to live in. I actually remember like at one instance where we actually lived quite a distance away from the capital city and and I could actually remember one particular day that I went outside and I could actually hear a bomb going off in the city even though we stayed like quite a far away from the city uh, I could still hear that sound going off so it was really uh, not a safe environment to li- live in so based on that my parents decided to to leave Sri Lanka and come to Australia where we arrived in Perth and yeah, when I was nine years of age. And uh, after we arrived in Perth, we, we remained as a Buddhist family where we would go to the temples, uh, Buddhist temples, on a every month or so basis. Uh, we would go there to basically listen to the preachings of the monks and and also offer food for the monks. So this was like a general practice in Buddhism, in Buddhism and what, what I was exposed to. We did that on on a every month or so basis, and that was pretty much my my any type of, any type of spirituality that I was exposed to. And basically, in that process, after I came to Australia and also throughout my schooling years, and also while I was in Sri Lanka, I had a very rough childhood growing up. Uh, this was because my my father was actually addicted to alcohol, and he was a very um, because of that fact he was actually very erratic in his behavior, and this really affected the peace of the family. So, really, growing up as a child was a very uh, very rough childhood to say the least. And so, when I came to Australia, I completed my primary education, secondary education, and my university studies. And throughout these studies, I, I, um, yeah, was going through this, um, this almost like a, if you want to call it, a, call it a very heavy cross of uh, being with the, within the family and going through a, a tough time living in the family because of the dysfunctionality of the, of the father, you know, living an alcoholic life. Um, this was basically throughout my life. Uh, throughout up to my university studies, and even a bit after. Um, so basically, what happened was while this was happening, my father was involved in the excessive drinking, and my mother was preoccupied with this excessive drinking, and and wanted to like uh, focus on solving the problem. So because she was like that, her attention was diverted away from us myself and my brother, to try and solve the, solve the problem. So 
as a result, what happened was the, the love that I needed, I needed to receive, I did not receive the way I needed it. So it was like a bit of a another cross, if you want to say, to carry going through this experience. When I was at university, I started a relationship with this girl, uh, and since I was like such deprived of love and had no really peace in my life, uh, it's almost like I depended. I depended. Uh, I actually wanted focused on all my love on her. Like I almost like was dependent excessively upon her love and what she could provide me in terms of love uh, because of the fact that I was being deprived to such a great degree growing up as a child. So so I clinged to her all the more as a result. And it was, it wasn't actually an amazing experience too because I never actually experienced love before and and she seemed to be providing me with the love that I needed. So it was a good experience. But um, I, I must say that it was actually like an excessive, excessive dependency, if you want, if, on her love because of the lack of love I received growing up. So this actually went for two years, this relationship, and, and, and the relationship didn't actually work out. It ended after two years. And around the same time, my parents actually got divorced, and and it was a very messy divorce. Uh, so the two events combined really caused me to uh, really question life and really, you know, really question what the, what the purpose of life was, and uh, really it really shook the system because uh, you know I was pretty much connected to this girl that broke down and also the family was actually torn up as well so it was, a, it was a huge thing for me it was like a major 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 experience to go through and it was actually at this particular time when I when I actually felt so uh, distorted uh, almost like really questioning the purpose of life and the purpose of existence that this is when I actually had my conversion experience. Uh, during this time, I was 21 years of age. I was in 2003. And at this particular time, both of those two events happened. So I broke it up with that girlfriend. And also my parents have actually had a divorce. And even the, the, the troubles of the divorce, the, the, the divorce was actually lagging on past that time, but it was, the events was, the destructive events were still happening regarding to the divorce. So in 2003, at the age of 21, I had started to do some work experience in the Department of Justice in Perth, and my usual routine would be to like catch the train to the city and drive, sorry, catch the train to the city, walk past, walk past this park and get to the building where I used to, I used to do, I, uh, I am to do the work experience. And one one particular day, when I went past the first particular day, actually, I went past it, past the park. I saw a beautiful church. It was a cathedral, and it was beautiful gardens, beautiful building, beautiful, beautiful architecture. 
it was it was such an amazing thing. I had, I never actually seen such a beautiful sight before in my life, and it was beautiful. So I saw that on the first day when I was walking through the park, and and I asked myself, you know, wonder what what's inside that church. It was like a curiosity building up within me, and on the second day and the third day, I was still asking the same question when I walked past the church. I was asking myself, I wonder what that building is about or what is, what is what's actually inside the building it was like a curiosity growing inside of me so I think after three days I actually went in to satisfy this curiosity I actually went inside the church and decided to see what was it was all about so I went inside and I saw pews I saw statues I saw different sanctuaries and I was absolutely astonished by what I saw it was so beautiful it was so uh, awe-inspiring then, so as I was observing the surroundings in the, inside the church, I I went to to the different surroundings, went to the sanctuaries, went to the different statues, and had a closer look. And then I decided to go to the back of the church to see what was there. And when I got to the back of the church, there was actually a a bookshelf with uh, with various magazines and books on it. And I randomly picked up a book. And I opened it, and and I read these words. God is near the brokenhearted. And as soon as I read those words, it was like it just penetrated my heart and just went into my soul. And immediately as I read those words, I knew that God existed. I knew that He existed. And... And also, with that knowledge, it was like a divine infused knowledge that God exists. And with that awareness of God, I actually felt this presence around me. It was it was a presence around me that I hadn't experienced before, but it was like a peace, peaceful presence around me. And I was filled with peace within myself. And so that was the experience that I had with God. Uh, in that church, so I actually walked out of that church. I was thinking to myself, "What actually just happened to me?" Uh, I never experienced that in my whole life, so I was asking that question to myself. And then I eventually found that it was actually a Catholic church. It was a Saint Mary's Cathedral in Perth. And so I went home and I looked up Saint Mary's Cathedral in the phone directory and found the number. And I decided to give a call. And when I called, a priest called Father Milton Aries answered, and I asked him, um, I'm actually interested, so I actually, actually told him, I'm actually interested in the Catholic faith, and I would like to know more about it. And he replied by saying, sure, come and meet with me, and we can have a chat about it. So that's what we did. So probably about, I think, later on that week, I think, I met up with him in the presbytery, and uh, we had a chat. So he asked me basically why you want to become a Catholic, and and my response to him was, oh, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not sure what the answer is, but I, was, I, I don't know. I don't know why I want to become a Catholic, but I just feel drawn to this church because of the experience I've, I've had. And so he said, he said, then he began to. Um, so that's okay, and then we can, uh, we can start the RCIA program. So for 
that began the process of like a 12-month period of the RCIA program, which began from 2003, around December, to all the way until December 2004. So we would meet like every other week, every, um, yeah, so meet every other week to discuss the Catechism of the Catholic Church, go through it. He would assign me readings, and I would go through the readings, and 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 uh, we would come back the following week and discuss what I've read. So this happened for 12 months, and I think around the first three months, after the first three months went past, he asked me, uh, would you like to get baptized now? After you know, reviewing the catechism for three months, would you like to get baptized? And I said, I'm not ready to get baptized yet because I haven't actually fully understood what the Catholic Church has to offer yet. So therefore, I cannot get baptized yet. And also, I should add, at this time, when I was actually reading the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it was very dense. It was very dense theological words, and I had a very difficult time understanding it. Um, so, so when he asked me, do you want to get baptized now? I actually thought, you know, it's very difficult for me to understand this, so uh, I definitely don't want to make a commitment to becoming Catholic without understanding what the church really teaches and what, what what the commitments actually are. So three months went past again, and so it's six months now, and he asked me the same question, would you like to get baptized now? And I gave him the same response. And so another three months went past, but now this was like um, around, probably around like September now, September, October, sorry, no, probably around November now, this time. And I, when he asked me the question, would you like to get baptized now? And I said, I actually gave him the same response that I gave the last two times. And then he responded by saying, you know, Harsha, when you get baptized, your learning doesn't actually stop. Your learning continues after you're baptized. So... And that was enough for me, actually, when he said that. So I said, okay, look, I don't understand everything, but I will make a commitment and say yes for baptism. So so I went ahead with it. So December 4th, 2004, I was baptized by Father Milton Aries. That was the priest that I called. The same priest that I called, he baptized me. And he was actually in the same cathedral that I actually first walked into almost two months ago. So that was an amazing experience. Uh, my mother was there. It was actually her friends became my godparents. So even though my mother was a Buddhist, she actually had two Catholic friends and they, they were willing to become my godparents. And it was the most amazing experience that I've experienced. And it's been the best thing that's ever happened to my life since then. I mean, nothing has ever that has been the highlight and also the best thing that has ever happened to me, baptism. I, I have a long list of questions. <laughs> um, I don't know if, uh, do you feel like, do you feel like interacting with them now or, or do you want to go on? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. First of all, um, uh, 
okay, your the baptism, and of course, all I can say is amen to that. Is you know the biggest thing that ever happened to you. But do you have any? Do can you talk a little bit about your experience of either Eucharistic adoration or receiving the Eucharist or you know the other sacramental um, consolations of the Catholic Church? Yeah, sure, definitely. Well, I was baptized in December four, two thousand four, and. Um, Five months after that, um, I was actually discerning the priesthood. Uh, I was uh, had a really, really strong desire to become like a priest. So I thought, you know what, I need to discern this. So what I did was I started to do Eucharistic adoration. Um, and so from the time of from the time of I think from 2000 from like October 2005 to like about August 2008, I was like doing numerous hours of adoration daily to discern this calling to the priesthood. So I would spend a lot of time in that before adoration and I actually really felt the divine presence before the Bethel Sacrament. And, and I think this was, this was something that I've found the most consoling to come before the Bethel Sacrament to know that the Holy Trinity is there right before me and to spend time with them, speak to them, allowing them to console me and to pretty much fill me with their love. And I found that was the, it was an amazing experience. And, and also together with, sorry, yeah. Uh, and uh, at the risk of, um, you know, kind of uh, um, dwelling on this too much, but when you say let them fill you with, their love, you mean that you receive some sensible consolation, you you receive feelings of being loved or feelings of their presence or, um, you know, can you, can you, you know, flash that out a little bit? Yeah, sure, definitely. Well, when I mean like I felt like their love coming into me, this was like an experience that is actually quite extraordinary. I never experienced it in my whole life. During... During this time when I was in Eucharistic adoration, I would also, you know, practice the other sacraments. I would, I would go to Mass daily and go to confession almost daily as well. And so in the state of grace and before the sacrament, uh, blessed sacrament, I would spend hours there and in the process of just spending time with the Lord. What would happen is like I would actually feel like a physical feeling, like a physical feeling of uh, love tangible feeling of love in my body and and it was actually amazing because I never experienced something like that before it was almost like God was uh, tangibly um, loving me and 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 do do you uh, did you ever have comparable kind of experience uh, associated with receiving uh, the Eucharist Sorry, can you say that again, please? Do, did you, do you sometimes or did you ever have uh, similar experiences from receiving the Eucharist? Yes, yes, many occasions. Um, normally, well, the usual um, experiences I would normally have is that when I receive the Eucharist, I would actually um, have a real strong feeling that, that, that I can actually feel God coming into me as I was taking the Eucharist, consuming the Eucharist. Um, so that was a quite a common experience. 
And it was very similar to adoration, but it was like um, I could actually feel the Lord coming into me as I was consuming the Eucharist. And it was like a, it's almost like an ecstasy feeling, um, both when receiving the Eucharist and also before the adoration. I think that's the only way to describe it. It was actually pure ecstasy. Wow. And, and you, uh, you describe at the beginning of um, your, your path to the Catholic Church the, um, the overwhelming consolation you received that first time that you were in the cathedral and you read those words about, I am close to the brokenhearted. Um, but in that period, because it was quite a long period, like over 12 months between then and when you entered the church, did you, um, did you again feel feelings of consolation or the divine presence just from being in the cathedral or, or, or being around the tabernacle or anything like that? Yeah, so within that 12-month period, I would actually, I began praying, something that I never used to do before. So I began praying, and praying allowed me to, like, experience that peace again. And uh, actually, you know, there's one story that I would like to tell. Like, I remember during that 12-month period, maybe somewhere in the middle of that 12-month period, I remember I was still at university at this time, um, I was driving around university. I was actually, I think I just finished a class or something like that. I was going somewhere. Uh, I was driving around the car park, and I remember feeling really, really, really thirsty. And I'm not talking about like physical thirst, but it was like a spiritual thirst. And I never actually even identified that before. Like it was only after this experience in the cathedral that I actually even became aware of this spiritual thirst I had. So as I was driving around, I was actually became aware of this deep spiritual thirst and and I remembered as I was driving I remembered reading in this um, brochure there was actually a mass at a campus in um, I think it was around midday 12, 12 o'clock or something like that and so I remembered that and that came to my mind so what I did was I actually drove to where the chapel was and so by this time, I wasn't baptized. I wasn't really formed in the Catholic faith. Um, so I went to the chapel, and and there were people, and there were people inside the chapel, and there was actually a priest. There was actually it was actually mass going on. And I actually came in the middle of mass. Um, I think just before the consecration. I think I came in, and so as I came in to the chapel, uh, the consecration happened, and then all the, see, at this time, I wasn't actually aware of the procedures of Mass. All I knew was, like, it was a special moment. Mass was a special thing, the Catholic Church. That's all I knew about it. And so there were people, like, kneeling down. So after the consecration, the priest got this, uh, uh, this uh, chalice, and also he had the precious... Uh, body of Christ as well, and he was going around, and these people were like kneeling down in like a semicircle, and and I, and I just came in, and so I, I decided to copy them, so I decided to like kneel down as well, and and the priest was going around and giving the host and the chalice, and and I did the same thing, I actually consumed it, because I actually saw other people consuming it, so I thought, okay, I'm going to consume it as well, and um as I consumed it, it was 
amazing experience. It was almost like that thirst that I had. The spiritual thirst was absolutely quenched, just like that. Now, I know theologically now, I know in hindsight that, you know, that of course that's not, um, it's not the right thing to do. But at that moment, you know, at that time, I didn't actually, was fully formed in the requirements of the church that you need to be baptized before you receive the Eucharist. Uh, so I wasn't actually formed. But, you know, that's just an example of like the spiritual thirst I had and the power of the sacrament, that the sacrament of the Eucharist that really quenched that thirst. Wow. Wow. The um the another thing that you mentioned was um and I know this also of course from you know from my own little bit similar experience the um the issue of um of discerning the priesthood so I I was hoping that you could mention something about first of all why you were um why you were drawn to the possibility of of being a priest which seems to me is kind of in some sense, obvious, because if this is all for real, then there's no greater activity on earth than, than, than to make God available through the sacraments. But anyway, if you could talk a little bit about that and the outcome of that discernment. Yeah, sure, definitely. I, will, I totally agree with you. You know, like when I was baptized, after I was baptized, I thought, what's, what is a waste? Like, what's the point of doing anything else than like become, become, unless becoming a priest? You know, that's like the best job on earth. Why would anyone want to do something different other than become a priest? That was like pretty much my mindset. It was almost like I couldn't see anything else better to do than become a priest. Well, if this is all for real, and it is, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean what what compares to spending your life as an intermediary between God and man? Exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I was stood with this such a desire to become a priest. Um, of course, this is like um, more emphasized straight after baptism. These desires are really emphasized more straight after baptism. So after my baptism, I think six months after my baptism, I was um, pretty much uh, pretty much certain that I was become, was going to become a priest. So what I did was I actually, as I think I said before, I decided to like do many hours of adoration, trying to discern if this is God's will for me. But what I actually found out at the um, at the end of that adoration period, that was almost like a three-year period there, from 2005 to 2008, October to August, um, when I actually came to the end of that Eucharistic adoration, um, discernment period, I actually... The Lord actually allowed me to like have a gaze. It's almost like I was doing, you know, for three years I was doing Eucharistic adoration, and my gaze was on the Eucharist, you know, on Jesus Himself. And it's almost like for a moment He gave me He gave me the graces to look away from the the Eucharist and to just, you know, just look down upon myself. It's almost like He gave me the grace to just do that for a moment. And when I actually looked down upon myself, I actually found out how much pain there is in me. There's like a lot of, lot of pain built up from all the times, uh, you know, being the rough childhood that I had and also the experiences that I had in life. The pain was like really, really put before me as I looked, as I gazed upon myself like that. And then, then I had this insight that I hadn't had before. Uh, the insight was this. The insight was that 
first thing is that I actually had a negative view of marriage because my parents, uh, uh, my family life rather, was like a very dysfunctional family life. You know, my, my father was an alcoholic. There's a lot of violence in the house, no peace. So what I saw of marriage was very negative. You know, I thought, what, why would you want to get married? You know, why would you? Because from my experience, it's not worth it. It just brings pain and despair, basically. So from my perspective, even subconsciously I was thinking this, that, you know, marriage was a negative thing. So this was one of the, one of the things that I came to be aware of, that I saw marriage in a negative way. And the second area that I came to aware that I came to uh, be aware of is the fact that straight after my baptism, I was filled with the desire, like a really, really strong desire, to give my life to the Lord. And I think that's a reasonable thing, isn't it? Because when you get baptized, the Holy Spirit's in you, the Holy Trinity's in you. You have a, you've had a, like a conversion experience. You naturally want to give your life to the Lord, and that's like a really, really strong desire coming from within but what happened in my case was that I've had the negative experiences with my family I have a, I had a negative view of marriage but also together with that I had a really really strong desire to serve the Lord like to give my life totally to him okay in a in a radical way because just coming out of baptism so combining these two things together is what drive me to look at the priesthood to begin with. Um, so a negative view of marriage and also like a strong desire to serve the Lord with all my life. And so once I understood these two areas, I was able to see that, okay, this is not a really healthy way to discern the priesthood. You know, I need to really sort this stuff out because I need to like make sure I have a healthy view of marriage and only then can I actually really really appreciate the priesthood for what it is. I can't do it with a negative view towards marriage. And um, so that, that was the two insights I had. And and it just began a process of healing for me, you know, and God, God just poured out His grace even more and allowed me to be healed of the pain that I actually saw when I looked to myself. And uh, I got, got to a point where, where I have he- received sufficient healing. And then I decided to you know, decided to think to myself that, you know, now I have, I really allow, I should have stated this actually, I used to be, um, I was blessed to know the, the John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Uh, that greatly helped me in reshaping my mind to see the sacredness of marriage, to see the beauty of marriage. That really, really helped me. Um, so together with that, new view of marriage now because now I could actually see that this was actually a blessed blessed vocation. I I wanted to really investigate it further because what if I'm called to marriage? I started asking myself that question. What if I'm called to marriage now? So so what I did was I started to pray. I prayed that I prayed for the Lord to like give me the graces to know what the what you know what He's calling me to, and also to, and I also asked him that I wanted to send the marriage vocation properly. So I asked him to give me a, a good-hearted girl, so I can send the marriage vocation with her. And so he blessed me, 
shortly after this, and um, he gave me a great girl, whom I've been with now for three years, and it's uh, it's been a great journey because it's really making me see, you know, that the marriage vocation is actually very, very beautiful, and when when you see the the truth of marriage and what it can actually do in the world, it's like it's actually very attractive as well. You know, I was actually attracted to the priesthood before, but equally now so, I feel attracted to the marriage vocation. And I can say now, having discerned both vocations, I can say now that I'm called to marriage. I'm called to the marriage vocation. So the discernment process has reached its end, so to speak. Sorry. The discernment process has reached its end. You feel it? Yeah, it, it has. It has. Um, there was one other area that, I, uh, that, to the extent that we have time, I, I thought it would be interesting to go into, which is that uh, obviously in the process of evaluating the apologetics around the Catholic faith, you came across my website and the issue of Judaism and the relationship between Judaism and the Catholic Church. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that aspect of apologetics, why it may not be obvious to our listeners, it may not be obvious to me, why a Buddhist coming into Catholicism would be curious about the relationship with Judaism and the legitimacy of the heritage of Judaism into the Catholic Church. Yeah, sure. Well, basically, I think it would be good for me to say if there's like a bit of background to this. Like, um, soon after I was baptized, I think um, very soon after I was baptized, my brother, I think he was involved in the Islamic religion at that time, I think, handed me <laughs> handed me a CD, a DVD rather, on a, on a, on Jesus. So there was like an Islamic imam actually talking about Jesus, and so he handed me this DVD. Now, I'm like a freshly baptized Catholic, and I listen to this <laughs> Islamic DVD on their perspectives on Jesus. So I was actually listening to this DVD, um, and uh, I'll tell you what, they, the person who was speaking really, really, really dis- disrespectfully um, talked down about Jesus and just spoke all types of bad things about Jesus and uh, I really really didn't like it and it was actually quite painful for me to hear it because I've just experienced like uh, real divine love and the beauty of the Catholic Church I've experienced and now this person in front of the screen is speaking bad about the Catholic faith and bad about Christianity for that matter and I'm really bad about Jesus who you loved yeah exactly exactly it was I took it really really personally and and uh and I was really disturbed in my faith because at that time I was still in the process of like, you know, learning the Catholic faith. So I was really quite shook by this process of, by this DVD. Um, I actually viewed it like several times to find out what is this guy talking about? Like I, I wanted to understand where he was coming from. So I actually viewed it quite a bit. And the more and more I viewed it, the more hurt I got. So I just thought, no, I'm not going to view it anymore. I'm just... <laughs> And I'm just going to find out what what the truth is. So that began the search to really understand what the Catholic Church really teaches. Um, so this was the time when I actually got in contact with uh, different writers, and you being one of them. Um, I pretty much wanted to find out what the Catholic Church teaches, and I wanted real solid evidence. You know, I didn't want like 
I didn't want just the Catholic. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't satisfied with just uh, hearing the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I wanted actually something more deep, something more solid. And uh, during this time, I actually went to a prayer meeting um, that was established by one of the one of the groups in the Archdiocese. And in there, I actually met a uh, met a friend. Uh, who was a Jew, and he was actually talking about like um, how. Well, basically, before I say that, he I, I told him, you know, I was actually a new convert to the Catholic Church, and um, and I wanted to find out really the you know the, the evidence re- regarding like the the teachings of the Catholic Church, almost solid evidence, and he he then like. Re- uh, recommended your book, which was Salvation is from the Jews, and also some other several books as well from other Jewish writers. And so that began the process of me researching on on this uh, the Jewish background of the Catholic faith. And then as I was driving back from that prayer meeting, I was actually, it's almost like I was convicted, like I was convicted to believe that that the only person that would have a true deep understanding of the Catholic faith would have to be like a practicing Jew who would actually come into the Catholic faith. Then they'll be able to see truly what the Catholic Church actually has to offer because they would actually have the background in Judaism. So I was actually convicted of this and so that just fired me up to like really do a lot of lot of lot of research on on finding out the Jewish roots of the Catholic faith, and you know it was just amazing. You know, like I found out many reasons behind the Catholic Church's teachings, and when I found out the Jewish roots of those teachings, it was like really solid. It was like it's almost like it's more more solid and more. You cannot you cannot break that. It was like very very strong. So I found the Jewish roots of the Catholic faith to be like almost a very important part in my intellectual formation and also like strengthening my faith because you know in those times in those adoration chapels in in the adoration chapel when I experienced that great love of God you know that that love actually was given to me because of my faith. My faith enabled that love, that divine love, to come into me. So that faith was strengthened by really studying the Jewish roots of the Catholic faith. So it's really like really fundamental from my perspective. The, you know, to have like a thorough understanding. The the picture that um, popped into my head as you were talking was uh, the picture of you know bedrock when you build a building. Um, if it's going to be a tall building, you want it to the foundation to rest on bedrock, you know, on the, um, you know, solid granite beneath the earth's surface. And that is like, yeah. it's like the bedrock of the Catholic apologetics. So the bedrock of the Catholic faith is actually Judaism. And if you want to get deep enough to get to the actual 100% solid basis underneath it, it's, it's Judaism. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree with that. You know, my experience was that. And uh, it was ama- it was an amazing experience. Yeah. The um, probably maybe unfortunately the last thing we'll have time to touch on is um, you know as a speaking for myself as a Jew who comes in the Catholic Church 
sometimes people kind of say to me, well, how do you know that this God you experienced wasn't the God of Judaism? You know, how, how come, you, how do you know that Judaism isn't just as good or wasn't enough or whatever? So I just kind of wanted, obviously not many of our listeners are that familiar with Buddhism or the Buddhist conception of God, but, but, um, how, how would you compare, I don't know how to put it, but compare your experience to what you understood the nature of God to be from Buddhism or something along those lines? Yeah, well, in Buddhism, in the Buddhism that I was brought up in, they really actually believe in a God. So prior to my experience in that Catholic church, the Samaritan Cathedral, I didn't actually believe in God. Uh, I knew that people talked about God, but I never really believed in God. It was only after that experience in the in the in Samaritan Cathedral that I actually um, really knew that God existed, truly existed. And um, so, even within even within the context of of um, religion itself, in other words, a, a kind of a, a believing Buddhist in the stream of Buddhism that uh-huh. that your family was rooted in. There is no, there is no understanding of a uncreated creator God behind everything. Not the part of, uh, not the the type of Buddhism that I was brought up in. There is, there are other types of Buddhism streams that do have some kind of divinity attached to it, but the but the the Buddhism that I was brought up in, there was no such divinity. No. So what what is the heart of the religion, or the nature of the religion, or the purpose of the religion if it's not to worship our creator? Yeah, it was actually, it wasn't, it's not really a religion, it was more like a philosophy actually. Uh, there was the Buddha and he, the, he had his philosophies of life and the way he should live, the way he, his followers should live life. And you know, the, the Buddhists basically, brought, who were like brought up in the stream that I was exposed to, would try to like, you know, live by those teachings. And you know, those teachings are like, like um, global truths, you know. Do not steal. It's pretty much like the Ten Commandments, but it's not really the Ten Commandments, but components of the Ten Commandments. Do not steal. Do not kill. All those things. So uh, even though it contained elements of truth, but it wasn't the fullness of truth. And I guess this probably will be my last question. But again, you know, I'm I'm extrapolating from my own experience. But yeah. the uh, the question is kind of twofold. One side of the question is what has been your family's response, and in particular, perhaps your mother's response. And the other side of the question is, just again, extrapolating from my own experience, I know in my experience, however opposed my family might have been, my Jewish family, to my embracing the Catholic faith, they couldn't help noticing the positive effect it had on me and the change in my ability to love and so forth. So I was also wondering whether there was an element of that in your experience. Yeah, sure. Like first of all, like uh, you know, my mother was more than happy to, um, you know, for me to be a Catholic. And it was actually her friends that became my godparents. So she was very, very open. And um, my dad, on the other hand, didn't really know what to say. When I told him I was going to get baptized, he pretty much went quiet. Didn't know what to say. Um, but you know, as 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 I was baptized and I went through that experience uh, of living the Catholic faith, you know, there was a tangible experience, you know, I actually did like a lot of, lot of work, like um, I did things that I never did before like I would like uh, go and like do volunteer in hospitals I would work with disabled kids for like, I did that for about four years and I would like just do a lot of charity work and there was really a transformation from within and 
and uh, you know, even though my dad didn't really know what to say, but he, uh, you know, I can I can truly say that he can he can actually see the the tangible change that's happening mm-hmm. in me. So I know with regards to like them accepting Christianity, is in God's sense, you know, when they're ready, they would come to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But they saw the positive effect it had on you. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, we have uh, come to the end of the hour, and I just wanted to um, invite you if you had any, you know, last words, anything you want to leave our audience with in the last uh, two or three minutes. Yeah, sure. Um, I think if I want to say something to the audience, I think it would be that really value the faith, Catholic faith that's been given to you, like it's, it's because it's such a precious gift that not a lot of people who have, uh, not a lot of people in this world have it, because it's such a precious gift. And and I think everything should be done within the power of humans to like protect this particular gift. Because uh, from my experience, it has given me a greater sense of happiness. It's given me, it's almost like it completes me. It completes me as a person. And it's given me that, um, given me the peace, but also that it satisfies that hunger that's within me for that infinite. You know, we all have that hunger for the infinite, and the Catholic Church uniquely, like, really satisfies that that hunger because of the the divine presence that's available, and also through the the Eucharist and through the Eucharistic Adoration. The sacraments, confession. There's like so much, so much blessings in the Catholic faith. So we should really, really do whatever we can to protect it and guard it, and also to grow in it. Um, and also, like you know, I think another important point would be that like the faith has to be protected and also allowed allowed to grow as well. Because when your when your faith actually grows, what actually happens is that you know you actually allow more God into you. So and that just it's an amazing experience. So, yeah, this is like live with audience. Well, that's that's really beautiful, and um, there's no way to uh, improve on that, and no need to um, no need to go any further. So, I just want to thank you for uh, for your being willing to share and for your very beautiful witness testimony. Um, it leaves me a little bit with the idea that the world is divided into two groups of people those who um, don't have this precious gift and those who have this precious gift and uh, don't appreciate it fully, don't appreciate it adequately because they have it. So so the great gift, I suppose, of um, being a convert, of not always having had this gift, is sometimes a greater ability to just appreciate what this gift consists of. So that's certainly one of um, the intentions of this program uh, for which I, I thank you for um for uh, doing such a great job of expressing that. And also, I thank you for your friendship. It was a great, uh, great grace to, to meet you and to know you. And I hope, uh, you know, I hope our listeners have enjoyed this show. And if you want to listen to it again or share it with somebody else, you can uh, download it from the archives on radiomaria.us or salvationsfromthejews.com. And I hope you join us again next week, same time, for Salvation is from the Jews on Radio Maria. Bye for now.
You're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The program you just heard was a rebroadcast of Salvation is from the Jews with Roy Showman.